This episode of the Rock and a Hard Place podcast brought to you by Tweaked Audio at tweakedaudio.com. Use the code HARDPLACE to get 33% off of your order. That's tweakedaudio.com. This is the Rock and a Hard Place podcast. I sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. You don't know the power of the dark side. Let's not stand on ceremony here. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Cougar and Paul Gibson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of The Rock and a Hard Place podcast. I know we've been gone for a couple of weeks, but hopefully you didn't forget about us. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm a DJ. That is Paul. He's also a DJ. What's up, my friend? Oh, nothing much, dude. Just computer problems and life in general. Yeah, you know, that's kind of how things seem to roll with us. Uh, never an episode goes by where we don't have some sort of mechanical computer or other technological failure. Uh, but you know what? We keep plugging away because, doggone it, that's what you pay us to do. <laughs> Right. Hey, we have two people that pay in our Patreon. <laughs> this is true. Okay. And we don't want to disappoint them or pay them back. That's so. right. <laughs> we want them to feel they're getting their money's worth. So this is the crap that you pay for, just so you know. Um, we, uh, <laughs> my goodness, a lot of stuff going on lately. Uh, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about the band We As Human, uh, and they uh, called it quits, so to speak. Their lead singer left, and he happened to be the one who also owned the rights to the name. Um, he left due to a, um, I guess you would call it a... Term affair? Uh, yeah, well, he had an affair. Yeah, I guess it would be a moral failure or something along those lines. Um, ended up having an affair, decided that uh, he needed to come clean about it, to a degree, it seems, and then said that, I'm done being in We As Human. Now, he also kept the name. Uh, he said that he owned it, and he wasn't going to let the guys continue to use it, so they have opted to start another band. They have not released what they're calling themselves, at least yes, not from what I've seen. So, But uh, they are talking about uh, making more music and saying that they will be even more awesome than they were before. Well, I, I'm all about more awesome because more awesome is, well, it's, it's more and it's still awesome. So um, I'm all about that. I'm very curious to see what they do with it because let's face it, whether anyone wants to like it or not, the style of your lead singer kind of dictates what category and what camp you land in. Yeah. And it, it sounds like it's going to be two of their current members who are going to take over the vocals. So that, that could lend itself to something cool because if they're going to trade off on vocal duties, then that would seem to mean that they have two different styles of vocals. So that could lend itself to it being more interesting. I mean, I liked We as Human, but I think for me, I think the I thought the vocals were good, but at the same time, I think that their their riffs and their music is really what sucked me in more than anything. I I'd agree with that, you know. And I mean, they come out of the gate with their first official like full on album, and who do they get for one of their songs? But Lacey Sturm. I mean. Never bad. That's a get and a half, I tell you right there. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, so let me see. We, w w there, there seems to be kind of this thing happening with a bunch of bands within the industry, and they're losing their lead singer for one reason or another. You know, we've got um, A Feast for Kings, whose lead singer was tragically killed in a work accident. They decided right. to come back and uh, call themselves XXI, which I found out, and I'm sure you probably know this already, but the XXI is the age their lead singer was when he died, 21. Right. So yeah. that's what that... And then uh, Dustin, uh, the, the metal guy from Broken, said that uh, the band Exiting the Fall is actually lost their lead singer, uh, and he's, like, getting married and moving off on into, like, regular life, <laughs> I guess you would call it. Um, right. And he was, like, their harsh vocalist, uh, lead vocalist, so they're reforming themselves and calling themselves Valley Heart. Which, can I just say, 
not 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 a very metal name. I mean, maybe no. that's kind of what they were going for. Well, I they're not. Know. I don't think that they're going to stay metal. Uh, D- Dustin sent me a link to a video, and Ryan. I haven't had an opportunity to watch it yet. But apparently, they're going more along the rock side, like XXI. So Ryan. it's got that kind of vibe going for it. That's that's about all I can say at this point it, it, with what's going on with it. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, and and part of it. Don't get me wrong. Unless I dog on anybody like I just did and their band name. Don't get me wrong. I think right. there's like a, a a bunch of band names that would be really cool that have obviously already been taken. And you don't have to have a good band name to be a good band, and that's totally cool. But I don't know. I, I, I'm well, going to have to be overly sold on their music with a name like Valley Hard. Let me let me put it into perspective for you in the mainstream world. Okay, there's this yeah. band who decided. We want to be able to get on and play shows, so let's think of something outrageous to call ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that band would be the Bare Naked Ladies. True. Right as they were about to start uh, signing their record contract, they discussed changing their name. And the label right. said, uh, no, because you've already become well-known as the Bare Naked Ladies. So right. they kind of got saddled with that for eternity because of... You know, so I mean, yeah, you can do stuff for shock value, but you got to be careful. It's like when you're a kid and you make that weird face, and your mom says, "Be careful, it might freeze that way." <laughs> you know, it's that same, uh, it's that same kind of idea. So, right, I, uh, Which, I you know, and, that, and that's okay, that's okay. But I'm yes. very curious to see what the end result is, at the very least. I agree. I agree. I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be very interesting. Well, speaking of Lacey Sturm, it turns out that. Um, her album is quite anticipated because she became the first solo woman to top the hard rock albums chart. Mm-hmm. Now that, I mean, just topping the chart is an accomplishment by itself, but to be the first female to do so is massive. And right. uh, I've got some good news for you, Paul. Mm. She's coming to Petaluma. Why is that good news for me? I'm not going to be here. <laughs> Just rubbing that I in think, the wound. I think you mean that's good news for you, and oh yeah, I hate you. <laughs> oh my goodness. So uh, the article says, for the first time in its nearly nine-year history, Billboard's Hard Rock Albums Chart welcomes a number one by a solo female, Lacey Sturm. Best known as the former lead singer of Texas rock band Flyleaf, debuts at number one on the Hard Rock Albums dated March 5th with Life Screams, her first solo set which starts with 9,000 sold, according to Nielsen Music. Now, I've heard the album. Have you heard it yet, Paul? I've only heard the single. The Impossible? Um, hmm. Okay. So uh, Tim got an advanced copy, and he forwarded it on to me, and I had an opportunity to listen to it this weekend while I was um, loading my aunt's uh, moving truck to move her from Stockton to Santa Rosa. and. Boy, you want to talk about motivational music, like music to get you moving and working by. That album is definitely that. And it sounds fantastic. It's really good. And uh, I am very glad. Not that Lacey left Flyleaf, but I'm very glad that she is still in music and producing good quality stuff. I wish she was still with Flyleaf, although I like Kristen May. And I like the sound that they have together as Flyleaf now. But I miss Lacey. Does that does that even make sense? It does, and I mean, in in the same way that um, you know, I, I dig Family Force by the way they are now as well. But I will be a much happier person once Solo starts putting out some stuff on his own, if that ever happens. So, right. Yeah. Right. Good deal. Well, congratulations, Lacey. We are super stoked that uh, that you were able to uh, to have that happen, and uh, couldn't happen to a nicer person. She came and played Rock of Ages, and uh, it was awesome. She did a fantastic job, and there was only one comment on Rock of Ages' Facebook page about how all the music was great except for that woman who screamed like a devil woman. Devil woman. So I'd take that as a compliment if I were Lacey. Right. Oh, yes. You know, oh, yes. it's just kind of positive there. Uh, yes, let's, let's face it, whether it's meant to be that way or not. I mean, you watch a show where there's where there's a love interest and the mom thinks that the girl is a devil woman. Right. I'm sorry. That girl's going to look a whole lot hotter just because you said that she's a devil woman. Yeah. <laughs> it 
it's very, very true. I don't think we as parents, you know, it's like when you forbid your parents to do something or when you forbid your kids to do something that's going to make them want to do it all the more. Um, You ever watch the show Last Man Standing? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Tim Allen. They had Mm -hmm. an episode on this week where their daughter Eve started a garage band. Oh, nice. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, it's hysterical. And that's pretty much the, the episode is them encouraging Eve to continue on. Because if they encourage it, she won't want to do it rather than telling her no and making her want to do it even more. Yeah, I, I, I must admit that that is a strategy that has occurred to me for the future with my own little one. And yes. we'll have to see if I end up implementing that. So, yeah. yeah, Kirk says that uh, the cover of Roxanne on Lacey's album is interesting. And I agree with that, too. It's, it's very different. Oh, see, now I didn't know that there was a cover on there, Roxanne. That's awesome. Yes, yes. I mean, it's you can tell what song it is, but of course, hearing Lacey do it is is very different than hearing Sting do it. Right. Oh, yes. So absolutely. All cool. right. Uh, why don't you take this next one? Former Solid State Band Advent are returning with a new album. Paul, what's the deal? Well, it, not a whole lot, really. I mean, they have uh, been out of the kind of music scene. I want to say for at least the past two or three years, maybe longer. Okay. Um, they put out two albums on Solid State, both of which I uh, got a lot of critical acclaim. I don't know how well they sold, um, but it the, their lead singer was, I'm trying to remember exactly how this works, he was in a, another former Solid State band called The Beloved, and then it later became The Beloved U.S. because evidently there was another one that was called The Beloved. Okay. And then he was also in The Almost. But uh, I think he's traditionally a drummer, I think, pretty sure. Um, and then he went to do Advent and became a vocalist. So oh. anyway, so that's that's pretty cool. And I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see that, that that's coming along. The, the odd thing about it, though, was that I heard an interview with their lead singer on uh, another podcast the other day. And he said he had been in the studio doing some screaming vocals. The guy was like, the person who was interviewing him said, okay, for what? And he goes, well, I can't really say yet. And they're like, oh, come on. <laughs> and he's like, I'll tell you after we get up with the interview and you can't say anything. And they're like, no, come on. Uh, and of course, I'm just going, come on. <laughs> so anyway, so now we know they just put up a little short video that's basically just got some uh, like a very short song clip and just a picture of a skull. And it says pain and suffering coming 2016. So all right. Good deal. So uh-huh. Advent fans rejoice. Yeah, you're. Uh, let's see. I think everyone in the almost used to be a drummer, except for the drummer. <laughs> That's yeah. what Kirk says. <laughs> That's funny. Very nice. Uh, Paul, you got a clip for us. That I do. Reliant K has dropped a brand new song onto the internet, and it's called Look On Up. Here is a small little taste. Look on up to the sky. I wonder why I put a filter between beauty and my eyes. I'll look on up into your eyes. It's time I put down my devices and I start to live my life. I'll look on up. I'll look on up to the sky. So I have no clue what to make of that. I, I don't know if that's supposed to be indicative of what the rest of this upcoming album will be. If yeah. it is, I'll be curious to see what kind of reaction it gets. Yeah, totally. Is that just one song and the rest of them are typical Reliant K? Or is that indicative of the rest of the album? Because, you know, everyone's entitled to, in my opinion, everyone's entitled to an experimental album once in a while. But I think you have to prep your fans for that being a possibility. You know, you got to put out there, okay, guys, this is not what we normally sound like. So be ready. We're just playing around a little on this album. We're not changing anything permanently, but we just we wanted to take some time and, you know, just kind of expand our horizons a little bit. Um, but if you do that without telling the fans... Um, then you get into a situation like Red where they had to go back and remix and add in the stuff that all the fans said they were missing before. You know what? I think that would be a dandy idea, a topic for a future show, is albums that bands took a left turn on and then went back to, or went away from. Gotcha. The 180 and then the 360. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or I guess it'd be a 180 and then another 180. Yeah. Yeah. So, because, yeah, 360, yeah. Uh, Yeah. 
I'm going to let you think about that one for a little while. So, well, let's take a quick break and see what it is that Kirk has for us this week on the other stuff, shall we? Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Lecrae, if you don't know, is a top-notch hip-hop artist that is getting acclaim and recognition from both Christian and mainstream markets. His latest mixtape, Church Closed 3, continues to add to his arsenal of hit albums. Purity's tainted dignity shaking, enslaving the soul of all of these babies. And freedom got a price nobody paying, making money, American dream. Let the spirit take control, man. I don't go nowhere without him, While lyrically the album handles various social justice issues like discrimination in gangs, as well as personal attacks on his character, the music of Church Closed 3 feels more fun, like something you'd want to turn up in your car stereo. This album has hit a nerve with me musically, while lyrically shining a light on current issues and events without all the anger and rage that is prevalent today. Church Closed 3 by Lecrae is available everywhere now. This has been Captain Kirk with The Other Stuff for the Rock and the Hard Place podcast. All right. Thank you very much, Kirk. Now, uh, I also got a chance to uh, check out that album. And I got to say that I was digging on it big time, too. You're giving me that look, Paul. <laughs> That's just the jealousy seeping through my pores. That's all. Just yeah, it, uh, it was another gift from, uh, from Tim. He'd, he'd gotten the copy of it, so he sent it over to me. Tim is my friend. What can I say? He likes me more than he likes you. Well, that, I'm just trying to figure out why I'm not getting sent this stuff. Like, I'm actually asking for this stuff. And people are like, well, I don't know. We can't really do that. And then Tim's like, oh, I got it in my inbox today. I'm like, what? Well, I don't know. Tim may have paid for it and then sent it over to me. But I, I don't think that's the case. Anyhow, uh, if, you're a Lecra- if you are a Lecrae fan, I'm not saying you downloaded it illegally. No, I, sorry, I didn't mean to imply no, the, that. The way that the the look on your face was like, oh, I bet I know how he got that, and it's no. it's, it's not like that. <laughs> We're above board here. We are. Right. Um, well, see, and and here's the honest truth. You want to hear? This is kind of a sideline, but sure, I can get Church Closed Volume Three, but I just I forgot to do it because the public library here has a subscription to this service called Freegal Music. Okay, and what it is is like everything that's either on Sony Music or somehow connected to it in some way, way, rather distribution or whatever, you can go and you can see and stream all of these for free, but you also can download seven downloads a week ah, for free. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Uh, of just songs. And Church Closed 3 is up there, but I've only grabbed just the single thus far. So. Okay. Good deal. Well, it's a great album. If you're a Lecrae fan and if you enjoy Church Closed 1 and 2, I definitely think that you'll enjoy Church Closed 3. Um really well done and i'm a hip-hop kind of guy and it booms in my car very well so yeah not too little not too much it's just the right amount of shake just the right amount of the boom boom that's, that's right just the right amount mm. got that boom boom in the trunk there here go boom boom. <laughs> boom boom uh let's see gideon has signed with equal vision records the band will enter the studio with will putney in april to record their fourth full-length album, and the band will be touring with counterparts Expire and Knocked Loose in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. They're really, yet. really heavy. So. Are they? Okay. That would mm-hmm. be why they're not a, not a familiar band to me. Right. right. Well, Paul, since this next story involves uh, vinyl <laughs> records, it's probably best if I let you gush all over it. Okay. Um, let the gushing begin. Uh, Demon Hunter is releasing... 
three different versions, both different in vinyl color and uh, album cover of the triptych. Um, so that's really cool. And you can see uh, pictures of that um, up on uh, JesusFreakHideout.com as well as I'm sure on Demon Hunter's Facebook page. But it will, uh, of course, the original dropped um, October 2005. So it's been 10 years almost since it was uh, released. And that's the reason why they're releasing the vinyl now is because it's the anniversary year. Um, so anyway, but it, each color is limited to only 500 copies. Each has its own unique album art. As most of you probably remember, the triptych had three different mm. variations of the cover. And uh, you can go ahead and claim your copy now. I believe they're on pre-order. I don't know if they're already available or not, but uh, you can go ahead and, and purchase them now. So sadly, I don't have money, so I probably won't get one, but it's, it's a nice thought. So, you now, know. would you say that the triptych is their heaviest album? No. No? No. Okay. I would not say the triptych is their heaviest album. I would say it was their biggest album and most widely accepted album, okay. I would say. All right. Gotcha. Uh, okay, two things. Number one, mm -hmm. Kirk in the chat room is asking what you think of Steve Taylor and the Danielson foil. I still haven't gotten my copy, and I'm a little miffed about it. There um, you go. The one song that I know he reposted, I think, just on his personal Facebook page that has the water balloon music video to it, I thought that was fun, um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, the rest of it I haven't got a chance to hear yet because for some reason my vinyl and my digital download, even my digital download has not arrived yet, and I'm a little annoyed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, so apparently I'm not the only one though. I saw somebody posting in a Facebook group. They're like, "So, I did the pre-order so that I could get it first, but now it's available on Amazon yeah. for less and it says shipping now." And I don't have the you one that I already bought for more ahead of time. <laughs> so. Well, I'm sorry that you don't have it yet. Yes. Uh the second question, uh Kit in our chat room is asking what a mixtape is exactly. And I think Kirk kind of hits it with, uh, used to be uh, an album using mostly tracks and beats from other artists that the lead artist remix, add to, and rap over. Does that sound mm -hmm. about right for mixtape definition? Um, I think that that is a lot of what it used to be, yes. A and then it kind of quickly became something more along the lines of it was an unofficial, non-record label release that the artist did on their own to release stuff that either the label wasn't interested in or maybe was too different that might not fit on a record or just to help keep up street cred uh, in between records, which I think is probably the closest thing that I would say defines uh, Lecrae's mixtapes. Because, you know, I think, I think most really good rappers are constantly writing or have ideas and, you know, they you, most of the ones who get... Um, you know, get big, have a pretty steady flow of beats coming to them right. um, that they can use. Uh, you know, I'm sure they pay for them, or some of them may, you know, be allowed to use them just for the uh, <laughs> basic endorsement that that would imply. Right. Um, but in any case, you know, it's and it usually doesn't have a whole lot of hype around it. A lot of times, it won't be a physical release at all. A lot of times, it's only digital. Um, it's a more underground release than typical. So, yeah. gotcha. Good deal. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of how we should, let's, let's do, let's do a noise trade right now. Okay. We don't have a song blender nope. tonight. So, and that's fine. So let's go ahead and do a noise trade. And then we'll talk about, uh, one of the other articles that I posted on the, uh, on the Facebook page. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. This is a new band that features two of the, well, it's only has two members, but they are two members from another band that some of you guys may have heard of called Stria, S-T-R-I-A. Stria. Stria, sure. No, they seriously, they've called they into Broken FM that. a few times, not because we've mispronounced it, but we started playing them before a lot of other radio stations did, Right. and that's Stria. Okay, Stria. So just, okay. just FYI, that's all. That's fine, that's fine. So Stria, so it features two members of Stria, and... Um, whereas Stria was a rock band that had a lot of electronic elements to it, this new project called Face the Future is an electronic band with rock vocals, and that's about it. It has, I think, some real instrumentation to it, but it's very much an accent rather than the electronics being an accent to a rock band as Stria was. So uh, this is their first single that they've released. It's out on noisetrade.com right now for a very limited time, and it's called Face the Future first 
which is a little confusing because they're called Face the Future, and this is called Face First. And to make matters <laughs> even better is afterwards when you see it on their web on the Noise Trade uh, website, it also says Single out to the side of it in parentheses. So you almost read it as Face the Future, Face First Single. Okay. Which is ironic because it is their first single. Right. So I don't know. It 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 was it's funnier to me than obviously it is to anybody else. Someday uh, it'll okay. all make sense. Yeah. So anyway, so here here's a clip since I bored you with all the details. There So I'm kind of on the fence about how much I like it, but I yeah. like the idea of it a lot. Totally. And, totally. you know, it's a free single, so go grab it and make up your own mind about it. It's on Noistrade.com. Face the Future is the name of the band. There you go. Uh, I liked Straya. I thought they had a good sound initially, you know. Um, then they just kind of disappeared for a while, so right. I, I wasn't really sure what... Ha- I, mean, I mean, that kind of stuff, you know, as, as DJs in the business, we see a lot of bands come you know, flash in the pan type stuff. They're really excited to get their stuff out there. And then I think sometimes they realize suddenly how much work it is to actually try and make anything of yourself. And then they give up. And the same thing happens with radio DJs, actually. Everybody thinks being a DJ is this easy job. And all you got to do is sit behind a microphone and announce a few songs and everybody's happy. And, Honestly, it there's a little more tedium added to it. You got to know what you're talking about first of all. You got to find stuff to talk about. Um, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of little intricacies that go on behind the scenes that people don't realize. So, um, you know, I'm sorry that Straya is not necessarily putting out anything new, but this sounds interesting, and it'll I'll, I'll be anxious to kind of see what all it is that they have going on in the future. Yeah. Ditto, ditto. And I mean, it reminds me of kind of the general idea of the band Chronicles and what they were trying to do. And I don't know if they're doing anything anymore either, but they were kind of trying to do like EDM music with just a touch of rock, but writing songs in more of a, at least lyrically, in more of a rock format, but Hmm. put it over mainly electronic elements. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. Cool deal. Well, uh, let's talk quick about our sponsor. If you want to hear this podcast or anything, actually, in good quality sound and not have to pay a bloody fortune for it, then we would suggest that you go to tweakedaudio.com and check out their headphone lineup. They have loads of stuff for you to take a look at uh, in-ear, on-the-ear, over-the-ear, all kinds of great styles, colors, um, and that kind of stuff. Here's the best part, though. You actually support the podcast when you make a purchase, and here's how you do that. You get to use the code HARDPLACE, all one word, HARDPLACE. Um, That gives you 33% off of your purchase, and a portion of that comes directly to us. So you get to help us out, and we get to help you out by giving you a discount. Now, not only do you have all those choices, but you get a lifetime warranty, and I believe it's free shipping as well. So, um, yes. Go check it out, tweakedaudio.com. We are super thankful that they are uh, sponsoring this little tiny podcast. Yes, and they just recently introduced a new style called the Hagon style, okay. which is like a sports-style earbud. So cool. I'll throw that out there. Awesome. Good deal. Well, I found an interesting article today off of a... Uh, <laughs> some people, the way they they name their websites, it... Um, I just, I don't get it. You know, are you, who are you pandering to? So the name of this website is called Viral Believer. And it makes it sound like you're a Christian with a really bad infection. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I can, I can jump on board with that, <laughs> that impression. But what, uh, what, they had an interesting article, or at least an article that I thought was interesting. I thought we could chat a little bit about it tonight. Um, 15 rock music legends who found Jesus. Now, some of these I already knew. Some of them were a surprise to me. And um, so I figured, ah, you know, we're, we're a rock 
podcast, so we can talk about some mainstream stuff, especially if there's ties in. Uh, so I don't know how many of these you might actually have known about, Paul. Okay. Okay. So All right. uh, the first person that they mention out of the 15, it's not like the top 15, it's just 15. that, that So there's, they're in no specific order according to the person who wrote the article. But right. uh, Mark Farner of Grand Funk Railroad. See, I'm not... The only thing I know about Grand Funk Railroad is we're an American band. That's, that's <laughs> the extent of my knowledge that, about Grand Funk. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, yeah, so the article says, as the front man for the band, guitarist and lead vocalist Mark Farner, playing bare-chested, seemed to epitomize the image of rock icon. But Grand Funk's success was short-lived, and the band fizzled as the 1980s began. Later in the decade, Farner found a new calling, releasing a Christian rock album, Just Another Injustice, with songs such as Judgment Day Blues and Come to Jesus. It was clear Farner had changed. Farner has recorded other contemporary Christian CDs since then, including If It Wasn't for Grace, none of which I have ever heard of. That is a little sad. And might I say, just at least in my opinion, he looks like Craig T. Nelson with long hair. Yes, a little bit. A mm. little bit. <laughs> so next person on the list will be no surprise, but it is Alice Cooper. Yes. He says, uh, being a Christian is something you just progress in. You learn, you go to your Bible studies, you pray. It's easy to focus on Alice Cooper and not on Christ. I'm a rock singer. I consider myself low on the totem pole of knowledgeable Christians. So don't look for answers from me. I'm a new creature now. Don't judge Alice by the way he used to be. Praise God for what I am now. See, I like the way he puts that. You know, I wish more people, even in bands that have always been Christian bands, said, look, just a heads up. I'm yeah. going to screw up. When it happens, don't be surprised. Don't say I told you so. I've never claimed to be perfect. And I really wish you wouldn't put me on a pedestal as a person to take all life advice from. Yeah. Thank you. And listen to listen to my music. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing is a lot of believers can't get past a lot of his music, though, too. That's the thing is right. they they see that as a... um you know, as kind of a, a failure that his music is still not much different than it was. Now, lyrically, there's a lot of differences. And if you listen, Alice has always painted with a lot of imagery in his music. But if right. you go listen to his album, The Last Temptation, there's a lot of stuff that he covers that you can tell he was in a very different place with that album than he was in some of the previous albums. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's neat to see him and... Uh, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's awesome. The testimony that he has, because he can go into places where most other church folks would not be able to go. Yeah, exactly. And, and also I think, you know, I think that he's a, a very interesting entree into the idea of not all Christians have to look and act exactly the same. Right. To, to, to be Christians, you know, cause I, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of people who don't, um, get into the subculture that is Christianity for a lot of people uh, enough to know that there are Christian rock bands and that there are people who might look a little bit different and have tattoos and piercings and wear strange clothes to yeah. compare to the normal person and they're still a Christian. Whereas Alice, you know, I think that he might hit some people who might not ever get that deep. Um, right. And they can play, oh, okay. Right. Well, you know, and, and also I find this also interesting. This may be more of a side note than anything else. And, and I don't know exactly how uh, this relates other than it's Alice Cooper, but he's now in a new band that performed at this year's Grammys that includes, um, I think, Joe Perry. Or oh. not, was it? Wait a minute. Is Joe Perry the guy from Aerosmith or, or from Journey? No, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah, Steve okay, Perry yes. was Journey. Okay, yes, Joe Perry then. He's in a band with Joe Perry and Johnny Depp. What? And they're called Hollywood Vampires. <laughs> But they're mainly doing a few covers uh, right now, but they're going to write some original stuff as well, probably putting out an album. But they performed at uh, the Grammys doing a tribute to Lemmy from Motorhead, who died this year. Uh, so. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to go check out Hollywood Vampires. Hmm. There you go. I'll have to go check that out. Well, number three on this list is Rick Derringer. Known for his big hit rock and roll hoochie coo. <laughs> rock and roll hoochie coo. 
<laughs> My favorite thing is down towards the bottom. It says that he rewrote it with new wording, which is read the word, live it to. <laughs> yes. So, uh... <laughs> and the really sad part about it is my first instinct is, wow, you took something cool and made it cheesy. And then I'm like, wait a minute, rock and roll hoochie coo sounds kind of cheesy too. So maybe he just made it cheesy in yeah. a different way. <laughs> well, that's what is it? Uh, Secret and Whisper has a song. I think it's in Spider Beside Her, where they just scream Iyacha Koo. And and Tim was listening to this song, and he's like, what are they saying there? So he goes and he looks it up, and he types up the lyrics, and spelled out there is, Iyachaku, Iyachaku, a spider beside her. Uh, it's like, oh, we need something to fit in here. What can we use? Oh, Iyachaku. Hey, that'll work. That's great. I totally never noticed that. And I have both their records. Are you serious? Go, go listen to it. To go listen Iyacha. to Spider Beside Her. Iyacha Koo. Yes. No, uh. idea, no idea what it means, but it makes a great filler. Oh, man. Why does everyone just have to say, oh, oh, and hey, what if we just said Iyacha Koo? Sure, exactly. it'll be like, you know, satire or something. Well, <laughs> I can imagine them sitting there after getting done singing it. I wonder how many people are going to be able to figure out what that actually is. <laughs> see now we need to like go on to like urban dictionary or something and make up some really weird definition right. for Yachiku. <laughs> yes yes i am so down with that <laughs> oh man number four bob dylan yeah you're as uh, Dylan's conversion had a massive impact on his music and the albums that came after. Slow Train Coming, Saved, and Shot of Love were heavily Christian. Decades later, his 2012 release and 35th studio album, Tempest, followed in a similar vein. I was never a Dylan well, fan. I've got most of his stuff, mainly because I bought almost all of it at one time at a uh, garage sale, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, I do like Dylan. I like him in kind of small doses. But I was unaware that he was still considered a Christian, not to be overly nitpicky or judgmental or anything. Right. But, you know, he, he's got to make his own decisions, obviously. But um, I thought that he had gone back to Judaism, which, you know, like I said, hmm. neither here nor there as far as my opinion goes. But Well, he could be uh, a Messianic Jew. Also true. Also true. So, you know, that... and plus Bob Dylan isn't exactly the coming up on TMZ, Bob Dylan changes his religion kind of you know, right. story. Right. Anyway, so I don't, I don't know. My dad's a huge Dylan fan. You know, you start talking about got to serve somebody, he'll get he'll get down with that every time. <laughs> That's good. All right, number five, Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden. Can I just say what an awesome name McBrain is? <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, McBrain. And you would have to have one big honking McBrain to be able to pay that many drums. Yes, this is true. Is ridiculous. So his story says, uh, McBrain gave his life to Christ in 1999 in an emotional experience after going to church with his wife, Rebecca. As McBrain told Willow Creek Association News, he prayed to receive Christ and began to read the Bible. I had this love affair with Jesus going on in my heart, he said. McBrain still tours with the band, playing the songs that made the band popular. He's also a part of the worship music team at his church in Florida. He believes his seemingly incongruous lifestyle is a part of the Lord's plan. McBrain has given his testimony in front of heavy metal fans and seen them commit their life to Jesus, and he also frequently talks with fellow Iron Maiden members about his belief. That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, that one was a surprise to me. I mean, I was never a huge Maiden fan, but, uh, you know, it's nice to know that uh, that he's, you know, using that as a platform. So yeah, absolutely. So, uh, number six, Carrie Livgren from Kansas. I think we kind of that knew one that I didn't one. know about. Yeah. So uh, in 1980, after becoming an evangelical Christian, Carrie Livgren released his first solo work, Seeds of Change, featuring vocalist Ronnie James Dio and David Pack of Ambrosia, Jethro Tull's drummer Barrymore Barlow. There's another awesome name. Uh, and guest spots by friends from Kansas. Also accompanying the album was Carrie's autobiographical book of the same name. Uh, let me see. Carrie recorded his second self-produced album for CBS Timeline in the same year. So, and he formed a band called AD apparently between '83 and '86, and they 
released two albums and toured quite a bit. I've got one of those albums on vinyl, actually. Nice. Good deal. Uh, here's some uh, someone else that may be uh, a surprise to some. Dan Spitz from Anthrax. Yeah, I totally didn't know about that. <laughs> so it says in 2000, Spitz, who was raised as a Jew, who was raised in a Jewish home, became a Messianic Jew, uh, a religious blend that upholds Jewish customs while acknowledging that salvation is only possible by accepting Jesus as one Savior, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Now that's one that I think maybe more than any of the others. I'm I'm kind of curious as to what his involvement is with the band now because I mean, there Anthrax is another one of those bands. That, if I'm not mistaken, has a very much a love affair with putting pentagrams on everything, right. which is a little disturbing. So <laughs> yes, I don't know. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, but that's between him and God, and you know, yeah, I don't know. Uh, number eight should come as no surprise to anyone. That is Brian Head Welch of Corn. Uh, you know, the last phrase here says later he returned to playing guitar for Corn, but he has not given up on his Christian faith. He still regularly meets with fans after concerts to pray for them and lead them to Christ. And I can say when he came to uh, Petaluma a few years ago, um, it was an amazing experience to see how into the fans Brian was. Yeah. So. There you go. And and also a video surfaced recently of both him and Fieldy from Corn hanging out with fans and them trying or well, I say trying, that sounds that sounds bad. Uh them doing like a faith healing on one of the the fans who was having like back problems or his mom was having back problems or something. Which, you know, yeah. That's not that's not exactly something that's a big thing in in, in I guess my my flavor of christianity right <laughs> but uh you know I, I don't believe that it's not possible it's just one of those things that i'm always a little bit uh intrigued by whenever somebody decides to do that but you know if, if that's something that you as a listener do it then you know don't take that as offense um i i've, I've actually had somebody pray for back pain for me before a, a stage performance when i was in high school and it went away and i have no other way of explaining it so i, I don't yeah. think at all that it's not possible it's just not something that that I grew up with. Totally. I, my biggest my biggest issue with faith healing is not the fact that people do or don't get healed. It's the spectacle that a lot of the faith healers make of it. Um, right, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things that if... I, I liken it personally, and again, personally, I liken it to the Pharisees on the street corner praying out loud so that everybody can see how eloquent their prayers are. If you right. have this ability to lay hands on people and to pray and that, that God considers you worthy to be used in that way, I don't think that you need to pack a stadium with 30,000 people and lights and music and collect a bunch of donations um, you know, for, to further your ministry and that kind of stuff. Um, do, what, do what you're called to do, but I don't think you need to make it a big showmanship type thing what was the wasn't there a movie with uh steve martin where mm -hmm. he was a faith leap healer faith. yeah leap of faith so and that was actually a pretty good movie i mean i enjoyed the movie for what it was i was quite skeptical going into it because it could have gone very very irreverent very fast but they managed to kind of rein it in a little bit you know same way with bruce almighty right could have gone really bad really fast in it Actually, it was like it had been out for a number of years before I'd seen it. And it was only after a recommendation from someone that I trust a lot. And he said, no, you, you really need to watch it. It's, it seems very sacrilegious at first, but the point that's made at the end is actually really good and kind of right on. So I, I well, enjoyed that, it. I believe the director is a Christian as well. So right, definitely some, some input there. But yeah, yeah. So, right anyhow. on, man. Uh, let's see, this next one, no surprise. The only part that surprised me is I didn't know he had been with Metallica at one point, and that is Dave Mustaine yeah. of Metallica and Megadeth. Yep. So I... Yeah, and apparently the irony is is that if you know anything about Metallica, you know they have kind of a sordid past, especially in their early years. Right. They kicked him out of the band because he drank too much. <laughs> well, there you go. I think he. I think the story goes that he woke up on the side of the road because they just left him somewhere. He <laughs> <It> was just <laughs> fallout drunk. They're like, he's... He's an awesome guitar player. We may not ever be able to find somebody as good as him, but surely we can find somebody who's more sober. And right. so they just left him somewhere, and then That's he funny. went off and started Megadeth. So. 
he and Slash should have gotten together. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. The guy who said the guy who said the only, the worst thing about Sweet Child of Mine is it's so hard to play when you're loaded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the the interesting thing about Slash is he didn't know how to read music. They would uh-huh. kind of they would tell him, okay, we kind of want you to be in this area of the fret, right. and so he would come up with some riffs, and then they would tailor everything else around him. He, when the right. band first started, I'm sure he can read music now, but when the band first started, he had no, couldn't couldn't read a note. Wow, isn't that crazy? That is pretty nutty. Now this next one, number ten, kind of surprised me as well because I had never heard anything about this, but apparently Ringo Starr from the Beatles is a believer. Yeah, that was also news to me. I'm right there with you. So it says uh, Ringo was reported to have said during an interview at a recent event at the Grammys Museum in Los Angeles that he had found God after taking a long and winding road to change uh, to this change in his life. Reports say that the musician who has since become a teetotaler and quit his 60-a-day cigarette habit says that religion now plays an important role in his life. Now, the only problem I have with the way that's phrased is that, you know, religion is an important role. That could be anything, honestly. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be Christianity. So take that for what what it is. I will. No worries. Uh, let me see. Next, number 11, Rick Wakeman from Yes. I love his wizard cape that he's got going on there. That is fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm on my iPad, and the pictures aren't loading for some reason. So I'm, oh, I'm not it's, seeing it's that. Awesome. But, uh, <laughs> let me see. This is, this is kind of an interesting thing here. It says, uh, by the early 1980s, the great keyboard virtuoso was sleeping on park benches. During that time, Wakeman met former model Nina Carter, who helped him rebuild his life. When they decided to marry, Nina insisted on a church wedding. The only place that would perform the ceremony, because both of them were divorced, was Camberley United Reformed Church. The couple married in 84 and attended worship there. When I brought my Christianity back into my life, things were going well, Wakeman said. I was thinking how I'd managed to pick myself up from the gutter with Nina's help, and I thought, this is great, but there's something missing. Because I'd had such wonderful teaching from people I'd met in my first 19 years, it was easy for me to know what was missing. In a Sydney, Australia hotel room, he reflected on his life and rededicated it to Jesus. Cool. So, pretty straightforward, it seems. Yeah. Uh, this next one won't come as a surprise because uh, lots of people have said this about them for a long time, but Bono from U2. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I did not know was his real name is Paul David Hewson. Not hard to see why he goes by Bono. (laughs) (laughs) Although he has a rocking first name, but the rest of it, eh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, The last part of this uh, I like, it just, uh, it talks about a video that went around to where this interviewer kept trying to get him to talk about his faith and stuff and talk about Jesus. And finally, Bono bit, but I think he he actually said it, and I've said this many times, that I feel like he answered this question really, really well, all things considered. Um, Since Bono's been outspoken about, uh, uh, been an outspoken Christian during his career, Bono said to RTE last year, who is Christ, is a defining question for a Christian. You're not let off easily by saying a great thinker or philosopher. He went around saying he was the Messiah. He was crucified because he said he was the Son of God. He either was the son of God or nuts. And I find it hard to accept that millions of lives have felt their lives uh, touched and inspired by some nut. I don't believe it. Nice. So, yes, I I felt like that was very well said. Uh, Number 13, Lou Graham from Foreigner. Interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like Foreigner is one of those bands that, that I always forget that I know a bunch of their songs. Um, you know, I usually recognize them when I hear them. But if you told me just like if you put a gun to my head and said, sing a Foreigner song, I couldn't do it. Uh, more than a feeling. Yeah. OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm fine. With that. I want to know what love is. I think that's another Foreigner song. Oh, OK. So you could you could probably think of a couple of them if uh, we gave you some hints. Okay. All right. I won't put a gun to your head, though. 
I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Graham says in an interview he gave with Fox News, he was asked about his born-again experience, and he said that happened just literally before the Addiction Treatment Center Hazelden. Uh, we played a sold-out concert at Madison Square Garden, and there was uh, the record company party afterwards that lasted until 4 or 5 in the morning. Everybody was in that condition, and I ended up back in my hotel room. Of course, I wasn't able to sleep. I just started doing a little bit of self-assessment, was thinking about what I'd become, and was very upset about it and worried about my children seeing me like this. I finally fell to my knees and asked God to take this plague away from me, he continues. I'm a devout, born-again Christian. God plays a role in everything I do. I know he gave me life and saved my life, and I serve him. I hope that someday if somebody pegs me on that question, that I have the ability to be that eloquent. Right. (laughs) You know? I mean, you always wonder, put on the spot, not that you would, you know, deny or anything like that, but could you express what it is that you believe in a way that doesn't make you sound like an idiot? Right. Right. Yeah. This so, is true. Uh, number 14 is Dave Ellefson from Megadeth. Yeah. Two of the guys from Megadeth. Yep, there you go. Uh, recent interview with Blabbermouth, he said, I think Dave Mustaine uh, has been very open about his faith, and I've been open about my faith. Certainly, me getting sober 20 years is what really led me back into Christian faith. But I always had it as a kid, quite honestly. I was born and raised Christian, and my family went to church on Sunday. I think there's yeah, a little more. I think there's a little more to it than that usually. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> and of course, last but not least, Johnny Cash. So, which that we know. Now, there's an interesting uh, there's an interesting note here. The author's note at the end. He says, there are many great musicians who have found Jesus in their life. It was my desire to try to give a list, although not exhaustive, of some of the legends of rock and roll who have found Jesus. Some I did not include due to lack of what is admittedly a subjective a subjective designation of legendary. It does not mean that they were not great, but from what I could tell, they did not have the popularity or mainstream name recognition that would qualify for that title. And then my word, the comments down below. <laughs> there are people just flat out saying that because these guys still play rock and roll, they cannot be Christians. That is a topic for another show. What I love is the fact that they have their bo- actually bothered to read this list. Right. And, and I want to see people who quit rock and roll and who are now doing praise and worship exclusively because that's the Lord's music or hymns. <laughs> that's even better. That puts you on the upper deck of heaven. That's the kind of thing that it's like, you know, um, it's I, I'm going to listen to Howard Stern just because I like to be outraged about stuff. You know, why put yourself through that garbage? It makes absolutely no sense to me why you would do that. I just, I like to be angry, so I'm going to listen to talk radio that I don't agree with anything that they're saying just so that I can yell and be angry. It's like, man, my life is too short for that kind of garbage. (laughs) Kirk says I need to cool down. Take a breath, Chris. (sighs) Don't hurt anybody. (sighs) All right. Uh, Let me see. Did you have a would we at it? No, but you did. I yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> now here's the hard part about doing these. We we get these sent to us from people, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how this all went down. We got a Facebook message from someone asking if we play indie artists. We do. Yes. And they said, uh, "Well, great. How can we submit?" Your, how can we submit our music to you um, to play? So what I did is I, I gave them the link to our submission page on our website. So here, I'm going to actually bring that up because uh, I, I want to read to you what, what it says. That way you, you can understand the context of which I'm about to, what I'm about to share with you. So you go to uh, broken.fm, click on the context, uh, on the contact, and it, it comes up with song submission. And here's... Okay. Here's what I have. And I wrote this, and I I thought I did quite well, actually, if I do toot my own horn. Uh, It says, so you want to submit your song to us for consideration. Well, that's awesome, but there's some things that you should know. Number one, we need just a single. Yep, that's it. One song. Not just any of your songs. The one song. Your best song. It also needs to be a good fit for our rock format. Take note of that last line. 
Number two, we also need a band bio. See, we don't want to play any band who we don't know anything about. We want to know who you are and why you do what you do. Number three, quality is a must. You're going to be played alongside some of the best in the business, and you need to sound like you belong there. This doesn't mean you need a professional mix, but it wouldn't hurt to get some quality ears to help mix it. Number four, we don't play everything we get. We can't. Some of it isn't up to snuff, or it doesn't fit our format. We'll let you know if, uh, if it will be played or not. That brings me to number five. This process takes time. Odds are it'll be a month or more before we let you know one way or another about your song. Feel free to email and ask about an update, but don't submit the song in the morning and then call the station that afternoon asking for us to play the song. It won't be in the system, and the DJ won't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so I send them that link. All the information for our submission policies is, is right there. Is it clear? I mean, did that make sense? I don't know. Uh, what's this rock stuff that you're referring to again? I mean, are we talking about um, Jeremy Camp? Or are we talking about Hillsong United? Or or maybe that metal band Casting Crowns? Uh, I'm not really sure. Right. So there you go. Uh, it's it's one of those things that people then begin to, you know. But it, it Kirk says, I'm sorry, your instructions are not clear enough. I feel that way. Here's the, here's the thing. I think that there's two things that happened here with this particular track. Number one, I don't think they have ever listened to Broken FM. And that's entirely possible. Yeah. So I don't think that they really knew what our format is. They see Christian yeah. in the title, and the assumption is that we just play whatever. Okay? Your heart has to be in the right place. That is right. requirement. Right, yeah. exactly. That's, that's kind of the thing. But then, okay, so I asked them to send me one song. That's what's on the thing. One song. I got I got 10 separate emails each one with a track attached. <laughs> well, and they sent you one song. So per I, email. I went back to Facebook and they had posted a comment they'd sent us a message and they said they couldn't choose one song. They loved them all equally. So here is, here is all 10. So I wrote them back and I said, kindly, um, we don't have time to listen to all 10 of your songs and try and make a decision. You need to tell me one song. When you tell me the one song, we will take a listen to it and let you know. Can I just say that that... that that request from bands just pick a song is right up there with when you're a party DJ and somebody walks up and says, I have a song on my phone. Can you play it off of my phone? <laughs> Those two are like the worst carnal sins of these each slightly different profession. Yes. Bad, sick, wrong. Don't ever do it. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. And that's a, that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at at this point. So so far they've not painted a great first impression, and I haven't even heard the song up to this point. Okay, <laughs> they they also did not send me a bio, so I know nothing about this band. Oh no, you do. They, they well, can't follow instructions, and all of their songs are equally awesome. <laughs> so. Um, here is the song. I'm not going to say the name of the person. I'm not going to say the name of the song. I, I'm just going to play this for you. This is what was sent to us, and they asked us if we would add this. Are, are you ready for this? Written. So we pointed in a song around the world 
Okay, Paul. So now you've heard it. What uh, what do you think, there, buddy? Should we add it? <laughs> Words totally escape me. <laughs> it's, it's 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 not that it's bad. I'm not going to say that it's terrible. It's just wrong. It's just there's nothing about it that says broken FM. That's the biggest problem. I. So uh, let me let me start out with what's good because okay. I, there there are there are positive things about the song. Okay, now Agreed. I, not my style. It's nobody's fault. It's just not my style. Right. Um. It's actually mixed really well. It's it's pretty well balanced. Yeah, I mean, can, it, yeah, because usually when you send me stuff and you're like, "Hey, this just got sent to us. You have to hear this." My first reaction is. This is going to be some guy recording straight into the mic on his laptop with an acoustic guitar, and he's going to sound like somebody just stepped on his foot Yeah, with golf cleats. <laughs> That's what I usually anticipate. It's, like, it's either going to be terrible, or it's just going to be the production is going to be terrible, or both. Right. So, right. Yeah. So production-wise, I'd say it's really good. I mean, the, the, the music is clear. You can understand it. There's not a lot of background noise. It, it sounds like it was recorded in a professional manner. Right, yes. Um, I, I do not like the lead vocalist, personally, sound-wise. There's, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking that they might be not from the U.S., just due to okay. Some of the lyrics, um, uh, okay. you know, Britain was one of the lyrics that was thrown out there. Although early in the song, it, it sounded like they said rectum, but I am hoping that that's not actually the case. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too, because I can't even think of a way that you could use that in a song and it, and it be okay. Well, here, let's, <laughs> Kirk really wants to hear this again. So listen to the first few words when she okay. starts singing and you okay. tell me what you think, okay? I think she says written. Oh, it does sound like she said rectum. Okay. It's me, Rabbi. <laughs> okay, written. Okay, I can get that. But it did kind of. So there's an enunciation thing that I'm kind of struggling yes. with there. Once again, if you were ever, ever, ever going to put out something for public consumption beyond just this is a status update right. on Facebook, if right. it's something that you want to be taken seriously, whether or not you like the idea of this or not, you need to have a friend who is willing to make fun of you mercilessly. And if they have a perverse sense of humor, it's a bonus. You need to let them hear this stuff and say, ha, ha you just said wrecked them. You need to have these moments where you can be humbled and, 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 and people can say, look, if you do this, I'm going to be the person who you remember was a kind person about it. Right. Because people are going to be merciless, and it's terrible. Yes. But yes, it, it does sound rather like she's saying rectum. Okay, good. So I'm not the only one. I'm not no. the only one. So now at some point this week, I have to write them an email and try to list the positive things about the music, but tell them, sadly, it is not the format that we play. And uh, that thanks for their submission, but we are going to pass. Can you please tell them that you don't like it when songs say the word rectum? <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime I hear that phrase, there was some joke a long time ago, and all I think is rectum darn near killed them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. That was painful. I don't know. Um, <sighs> so uh yeah that <laughs> i i'm guessing that the, after the first time i played it we probably lost most of our listeners they were like <laughs> so i'm just trying to figure out what what technical genre of music that does fall into because we've both agreed it's not rock but no. i can't quite place what it 
would be called. Well, there is a there is a pop ish feel, um, but then there's like some organ in it as well. Right. Um, I I don't know. I I can't classify that. It's just it's it's unclassifiable. <laughs> It's complicated. It is. It's very complicated. <laughs> very, very complicated. So, uh, my goodness. Well, I think that that's going to do it for us this week. What do you think, Paul? Well, let's end on a high note, shall we? <laughs> this is our high note. This what is... else do we do so bad? <laughs> that's unfortunate. It's, I agree. I uh, agree. I don't see how that's a party. There you go. Uh, let me see. My goodness. If you want to uh, support this ridiculous podcast, you can certainly do so at patreon.com. You can uh, sign up for monthly support of any amount, even if it's a nickel. We will still appreciate it. Oh, uh, Bruce says hillbilly punk. That's his uh, definition of it is hillbilly punk. We, uh, we also uh, encourage you to go check out our sponsor once again, tweakedaudio.com. Uh, email rockinahardplacepodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, which will forward you to our Facebook page, rockinahardplacepodcast.com. And I think that that covers pretty much all of our bases. So uh, I guess that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm Chris Cooner. I'm Paul Gibson. And we'll do our best to try and be here two weeks in a row. What a concept. <laughs> <laughs>